this is that this is that good music we're listening to right now, isn't it? That, yep. that good shit. Great intro music. What up, motherfuckers? What up? Welcome to another episode of Slash You, episode what, what? Seven. Hello, everyone. Episode seven. My name is Nick. And I'm Andy. And we are Slash You. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're just a couple guys. No film critics here. No professionals. A couple guys who like to uh, watch, dissect, and discuss old, campy, forgotten slasher movies made between the years 1977 and 1988. It's a gold mine. A good time in cinema, brother. Mm-hmm. A lot of like blood, boobs, and dead bodies. bodies. Yep. yep. What, what so can what can go wrong? We watch these movies, and uh, you can too if you want to watch and follow along. And we do spoilers. We are going to spoil the entire movie. This movie will be spoiled. And today, <laughs> no idea why I said that. Sorry. Today, today we are watching. We're talking about Return to Horror High. Return to Horror High, 1987, Andy. One hour, 34 minutes. In 1982, Crippen High School was a scene of a series of brutal murders. The killer was never caught. That's all they give us. This, is this a sequel? I Mm-mm. didn't quite understand. It's it's so weird. It is not a sequel. Yeah. What we'll discuss, everyone kind of assumes that, there that is. we're coming in. Yeah. Like, But if you do all your research, this is a first and only. It's... When we realize what's going on within the synopsis, we mm-hmm. will get to understand why they call it Return to Horror High. Which, yeah. which of course, uh, if we dive into our Cliff Kill notes. <laughs> yeah. Cliff Kill notes. That's uh, so bad. That's going to be a tough one this week, too. <laughs> yeah, okay, before before you dive into your notes, uh, Andy, I, I really want to make sure that uh, we start by letting our listeners know mm-hmm. I have a lot of cues. Uh-huh. You have a lot of A's. Oh. Um, I have a lot of questions. I am still confused. This one really threw me mm-hmm. uh, for a loop. Yeah. I didn't. There was a lot of reality and what's, what's going on. What's real and what's not real. The line between that was blurry as fuck. Yeah. So, um, this was a weird movie. This is why I'm so glad to have you on my side. Well, thanks. And hopefully, I mean, it's not like I have all the A's to your Q's, but I mean, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Uh, we we have each watched the movie twice. As long as you give me that D's. This is... Right, sorry, go ahead. Go, go. I'm, this, I'm is, uh, this is a, a very entertaining movie. 1987, written and directed by Bill Frelick. Cliff Kill Notes. Yeah, and I'm going to just do a brief uh, setup, uh, just so everybody understands, like how this movie's structured, all right? The Cliff Kill Notes, as Nick says. So, like like Nick already said, it, uh, this uh, Crippen High School was the scene of a mysterious uh, murders several years back, and a, a serial killer caused panic. Uh, the killer was never caught. In this movie, in Return to Horror High, there's a group called Cosmic Pictures, and they are on scene at Crippen High School to film a movie about the killings. So this this movie is told in flashbacks. Apparently, the entire film crew was murdered, and only the writer survived. His name's Arthur Lyman. And so basically for the... the, the Thank God the writer survived. The writer survived. Nick's a writer. Um, <laughs> so for the length of this movie, he is telling the story of what happened to the police. Yes. And we flash back and forth between current, present day, the police investigating the whole film crew being dead, and the, the past, like what happened in the course of them... The shooting this movie at the school. Yes. When we catch, when the flashbacks catch up to the present at the end, there's a twist, and uh, that's and hilarity ensues. That's the <laughs> yeah, right. that's the gist of the movie. It it's, really is. I mean, it's, it's an quick... interesting flashback structure. I like it. Uh, yeah, Andy was 
I think uh, watch started watching this before I did, and I remember getting his text going, "Nick, this is one of my favorite ones, dude. This is one of my favorite ones out of." Yeah, I guess out of the seven we watch now. Yeah, we'll see where we're at. Like at episode uh, sixty-eight, <laughs> right? <laughs> One before sixty-nine. That'll be my favorite. So they, um, uh, but the, there are some good big names in this one too. Yes, I, but I yeah. What, what was I? Shit! What were we talking about before? Like the Just film the within a film. The, yeah, the yeah. blurs, the the lines that are blurred between reality and what's real and what's fake. That is where, to me, the hilarity kind of ensues. Right. Um, if any of you are familiar with the uh, scream. Franchise. Oh yeah, Scream sure. One, Scream Two, Scream Three. This is very much like Scream Three. Okay. If you've, I don't know if you've seen it, Andy, but it's a film within a film. They're going back to shoot mm-hmm. the Scream murders, yep. and so yep. it's like that's so when their hilarity ensues. In Scream Three, they're shooting a movie about, about Scream, Scream like One. Yes. Yeah. This is uh, this is similar. You're right. So there are points in this movie where they are shooting a scene for their movie, and you're like, wait, is this? Is this really happening, or is this a scene that they're shooting for their movie within this movie? <laughs> I'm scratching my head right now. If you, your head, really? All right. It the looked like your one. hand was somewhere else. Um, so that's this is a. Ugh, I, I, where where do we begin? I mean, so we know what we're at. That the writer is conveying the story to the police. You have the cops, uh, Chief D- Daner and Officer Tyler, played by Mary McCormick. Marine McCormick. Marine McCormick. Marine McCormick, yeah. Who we better known, who yes. who we yeah. know her, who, what most people know her as. Marsha Brady. Marsha fucking Brady's Marcia, in this Marcia, movie, Marcia. dude. So before we dive into the movie, the intro yeah. to this movie, uh, yeah. I hope I can play it. Uh, sure. Andy, you got your headphones on, so you'll let me know. But we both uh, really enjoyed the uh, the music to the Horror High, Return to Horror High intro, and this is just a little taste. Sure. Like very slashy, very But I just I did wanted to uh, bust that out before we uh, go in. But back to Marsha, she's a cop on the the police force on the police force, yeah. but not on the film set. No, no, she's a real police officer. Yes, yeah, and a part of the police officers investigating this entire film crew supposedly murdered. So uh, yeah. as we do flashbacks and callbacks, the the cops pull up and they are on the scene of Crippen High School at night, and there's seven or eight. They don't right. know yet. They Dead know bodies yet. covered up. <laughs> yeah, covered in sheets. Right. Covered in sheets. Yep. Uh, again, no CSI gloves being worn. Everyone just checking out like the dead <laughs> body parts. Yep. Um, just looking at everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, her acting is like a roller coaster in this movie. She is my favorite. Um, I wrote yeah. this later in my notes, but Slash U Awards for Best Performance in a Movie, Female. Oh, you want to give it to Maureen McCormick? As of right now. Okay. I could change it later. Well, yeah. yeah. But she, to me... She, was she changed. Fun. She was very enjoyable. Yes, throughout the whole movie, <laughs> yep. because her character changed. Mm-hmm. She went from very uh, conservative, yes sir, yes sir, to the very end, like bloody bras out. Like it's like she was getting turned on by the blood. Yes, if I you know could be so bold, she yeah. was. Uh, yes, yeah, she was. It's like she enjoyed. She did all this death, and it was like loosening her up a little bit. As the movie went on, <laughs> the blood helped her out and probably offset the cocaine helped her out as well. Oh, well, there you go. So there if you've you ever go. had a thing for Marsha Brady, this film's for you. Yeah. Uh, oh, but if you still like sweet and innocent Marsha Brady, this film is not for you. Absolutely not. There you go. Correct. Uh, oh, available on Amazon Prime for free. For free. Thank you. Yep. We always got to talk about that. Right. We, we, we're, but we're always good about trying to make it free find the free ones sometimes yeah. they switch them up on us though so. Ugh, jerks but uh so jeff they, they... bezos <laughs> needs his money jeff 
Jeff Bezos says, ah, that uh, Jeff slash Bezos. you was talking about this movie that was free. Let's start charging three ninety nine for it. Anyway. Yeah, blame. Yeah, yeah. thanks for listeners. That's, uh, yeah, water under the bridge. Yeah. This movie's free on Amazon Prime. So we've got the cops, including Marsha Brady or Officer Tyler, uh, investigating which he said seven or eight because they're in pieces. They're in pieces. Yeah. So then we fall back. We call back. Right. There's a one movie. survivor, Arthur, the yes. writer. He's, he's telling the story of what happened. What happened. So yeah. call back, flashback to the 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 set. We see a we see one of our main actors, Stephen Blake, walking on set as an officer. A police. Yep. As a police yep. officer, and he gets caught in the middle of a scene. Right. We don't know. We think, ooh, is this going to be the first kill? But it's. You hear, cut! Yep. And he's like, I'm supposed to be a technical advisor. Right. They've called him there to advise. He was apparently the officer who investigated the original killings at Crippen High back in the day. And they've called him there to be a technical advisor. Well, then there's something wrong right here. Spoilers! <laughs> How can he be a cop Yeah. And at the scene of the original killings in 1982 when we find out later that he was a student there? He was a student, you remember? Nope. I was dating Kathy, and here's yep. my locker. Fuh, fuh, fuh. But they, but they did say like he. Yes, he's, he's a technical <laughs> advisor because he was an officer. There's, there's a fucking problem within. The, yeah. There's a plot hole or a. That's a continuity error, plot hole, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, fuck. I he was, was a student when the original killings happened, but he, they also said he was the cop that investigated yeah, so. the original killings. <laughs> All right, we got to we got to remember what I mean, what, what 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 we discuss on this podcast yeah. are campy slashy yeah. forgotten stupid I was just gonna sh- say I'm shocked that a, a movie that we're discussing had had problems with <laughs> continuity <laughs> it doesn't make any sense what all of these are completely perfect where I... was the fucking Oscar right yeah so, why did they win an award so, I'm sorry about bringing that up right away but when you were discussing when yeah. we were discussing Stephen walking on set so he is a technical advisor yes he's supposed to be to to tell the director and then the, and everyone about, that's on set the producers what yeah, happened about police procedure and what happened during the yeah. original killings in 1982 yeah. um he ends up becoming their lead actor because the original star named Oliver, Oliver. played by George Clooney. George Clooney. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> he's in this movie. This is his first. This is the first time he's ever been on film. Really? He's been on television shows like uh, uh, Facts, Facts of, of Life, Life. Yeah. and uh, Roseanne. But this is even. Pre, I think it's pre-Roseanne. I think I it's pre-Roseanne. But this is 87. Yeah, yeah. So Roseanne might be 1988. But anyway, let's don't yeah. don't come at us. I know we're just Google it. Just Google it. <laughs> we're not experts. <laughs> But uh, we don't research these at all. You. Just Google it. <laughs> Let's save you an hour. Just our, our research is IMDb. Um, well, in our own observations. Yes, yes. But about, this yeah. is George Clooney's screen debut, and he plays Oliver, and he's supposed to be the cop in the movie that they're shooting. He's supposed to be. This movie. Yes. Yeah. He's supposed to be Steven. He ends up uh, leaving because he got a better role. A better In a, in a series. A, a series. series role. Yeah. And so he ends up telling the director, like, hey, I'm starting a new job tomorrow and then you know of course they're like well you're under contract we could sue and he just yeah but that would take money and you don't have money because you're a low budget film you're a low budget film right so he walks off and they end up offering that job to Stephen Blake who who was just going to be a technical advisor the cop slash high school he's a real cop in this movie yes and now he's going to be a cop in the movie that they're shooting (laughs) just an just an FYI the series Uh, that George Clooney got the 
uh, lead part for. Yeah. It's a combination between Moonlighting and Miami Vice. That's right. For some of you uh, older folk out there like myself, you might remember that. And it sounds brilliant. I would watch that. Yeah, it's kind of... I think they made one in the 90s. It was called like Whiskey River or sure. Whiskey... I don't know. Hey. That girl from AM... That girl from Walking Dead went to do it. It was a Whiskey Combat. Oh, yeah. You can delete that shit. <laughs> no, this is all great stuff. So Oliver, uh, George Clooney... As, as, as he's leaving later he he uh gets killed yes right? he's uh he's walking down the hallway trying to find out how to get out of there because he's he's leaving the set he's saying telling everyone bye mm-hmm. i'm gonna become a real actor mm-hmm. and he's your losers <laughs> i'm gonna be a real actor and which of course Please. he did yeah well in real life he did in real but see that's where i will jump to that but aye, i aye, that's aye. something very important in this movie yeah. that's what they really try to do well on spoofing a lot of my notes really reflect back to that. but uh, So he's leaving, comes up on some candles, and he's like, hey, what's going on? He opens a door, notices blood. In fact, what? this is the trailer of the movie. Right. When you look at the trailer, yeah, this is what you see. Yeah. This is what yeah. we decided to watch, especially when we found out it was George Clooney. His eyebrows look like two hairy wolverines about to fuck. I mean, they are so big. <laughs> In dude. a good way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You know, two hairy beavers, but that might sound weird. But like two big fucking yep. caterpillars. Like he, you know, he's he, got a great hairstyle oh, too. He, oh, he's a great sort of an uncle man. Jesse. A, yes, an uncle Jesse that wave going look. on. That was the look, and the, you're like, oh, this is young hot George Clooney. God dang it, man! Yep. That's you couldn't. And he's dead, quote unquote, dead within the first twenty minutes. of The killer movie. gets him. Uh, what we assume just a stab in the back from across mm-hmm. the door. You know, face yeah. squished against the door. So, yep. what we think is our first kill. Yep. Is well, Oliver. Is Oliver played by George Clooney? Yeah, George Clooney. And then this is when we meet Harry, the producer. He's our big "I need tits and blood" guy. Yeah, Harry Slyric is by the producer. S- played by? I don't know. I thought you had that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, what was it? Harry, what was his last name? Harry Slyric was played by Steve Rocco. A okay. lot of mafia films back in the day, but oh, what most yeah. people know him as uh, playing Roger Myers Jr doing the voice for Roger Myers Jr. on The Simpsons. He was the son who took over Itchy and Scratchy conglomerate. Okay. And so if you Google Roger Myers Jr. Steve Rocco, you'll get he had that distinct voice. Like he didn't change his voice. It was Steve Rocco's voice. So. Sure. But uh he's your I, typical sleazy producer more or less. Yes, he is like yeah. he's like give them tits and blood and I thought that would be a great new tagline for Slash You. Oh, like, sure. You know, Slash yeah. You. Give them tits and blood. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Nick and Andy. <laughs> It's a podcast. We'll put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Slash you on the front, give them tits and blood on the back. People be like, what is that? Don't worry <laughs> about it. It's better than Slash you. It's a podcast. Yes. Right? It's a it's a tits and blood podcast. Yeah. We'll have to discuss this off uh, I off need mic. to write that down. But yes. <laughs> but uh, that's when I heard that line, because that's what, uh, again, Stephen Rocco's character, Harry, the producer, that's all he's about. He's like, I make movies that, yeah. that explore tits, explore yeah. blood. Yeah, he it wants, works. He wants asses in the seats, eyeballs at the screen. That's that's what he wants. Yeah. Whereas the director Josh, just, yeah, he's more the, of a artistic. Like yes. he wants. I want this to be a psychological thriller that yes. explores the edges of sanity. Totally. Like he's a more uh, sophisticated look at the thriller. He he's not all about just kill them. You know, blood everywhere and tits everywhere. He wants. You couldn't have said it better, yeah. Andy. They are. That's the between this whole movie, you'll always see yeah. Harry and the director uh, Josh. Josh. Uh, always fighting it about about artistic. Yeah. 
uh, expressions it's within a movie. It's very entertaining. <laughs> yes, it is. But then, because but I love Harry. I mean, if we didn't have Harry, we wouldn't have Slash U. I mean, oh, it's, I agree. It is something so uh, important within this movie as we really still try to define the lines between what's real and what's not real. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a, a, a horrible cleaning process as the killer tries to clean up uh, using a blood mop. Yeah, a bloody oh, mop. A squeaky, a... The squeaky mop bucket is routinely pops up. Great movie, the, blood mop. The... <laughs> there you go, right? I'm going to write down. that. I'm going to write blood, blood mop. mop. The, the, one of the running themes here is that the killer uses a mop bucket with a squeaky wheel. So you're constantly hearing this squeak. Whenever, yes. Whenever when there's danger. Is the killer approaching? Yeah. Kind it, of like that. I love that effect. But I never really, it took me watching it the second time to realize that that's what the fuck it was, you know, oh. a, a mop bucket. Because I remember when Harry's walking the cop, our, our main actor, Stephen Blake, the technical advisor cop down the hall, mm-hmm. and he's saying, hey, you're better, you can do this. And then you hear the eerie, 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 eerie. <laughs> I guess that sounds like it. And then he stops him and goes, hey, I love what you're, you know, we think, like, is that the killer? That's when we're starting to define lines between the squeaky mop bucket, Mm -hmm. which, what the fuck? I don't know why that. It's it's a cool effect. It is. You're right. Yeah. Because it it really does kind of, it's like an Easter egg that kind of, well, not an Easter egg. It's not foreshadowing, but it's, it's kind of letting you know, like, yeah, I should be looking out for the killer. Yeah. It's, they, they, right. It's an association you end up making. Our, our our police officer Stephen Blake is he has to be talked into being the lead actor in the movie that they're shooting. Uh, we also learn that there's a couple other people who are playing themselves: um, Amos, the janitor, and Principal Castleman. Yeah, Principal Castleman. Um, they were on the they were a part of the original killings yeah. in 1982. They're, they were there, right? So they were real people, and and now they're playing themselves they're in this playing movie. Playing themselves in the a janitor um, and a principal. Yeah, I loved when. Uh, uh, Stephen Blake's talking to Amos, the janitor, who sort of buttered, you know, I always liked it when you went to the school. I was, you know, you were always, always nice, nice to me, me. blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Stephen said, you know, what are you going to do with your newfound fame? And Amos says, I'm going to be a movie star in them pussy films. <laughs> we have the same... I have the same thing written. It says Amos stereotype because he is that, <laughs> you know, black janitor. Mm-hmm. And then I have the pussy films because that's when we find out he has a big penis. He's, he says, I got 10 inches right here against my leg. <laughs> so it was like, so Steven's like, well, right on, buddy. We all like, laugh. Yeah, yeah. And Amos pushes his mop bucket along, which uh, which also squeaks. But he, he, yeah. So you're like, oh, my gosh, here's the, the janitor. He's just joking around. Fun, yeah, having fun. fun. I mean, I didn't realize how much of a role though Amos plays in this film. Well, which we'll you know we'll kind of oh, break sure. down to. But uh, again, this is when we start to see second stage Marsha Brady. I'm just gonna call her Marsha. Yeah, Brady. they flash back to the present. Yeah, and she's like really get into like right now she's in blood. I think she's like kind of she's she's talking about a fake arm. They're like, oh, that body parts over there, that body over there is moving. Mm-hmm. So she runs over there and she grabs an arm. And you can tell it's fucking fake. I mean, oh, very of obvious. course we understand what we're watching here. It's a fake film. Right. She throws it to the the chief of police, and he look, you know, oh fuck. But <laughs> chief Daner, yeah. This whole thing we're spoiling. These body parts are fake anyway, and they can't tell. These are fucking horrible cops. These oh, cops bad. are bad. Yeah. The I don't get it. Is is Officer Tyler, uh, um, Maureen McCormick's character? She. At this point, seems to be turned on by the death. She talks. She's covered in some blood, and the chief. A little like, bit, not yet. She's, not yet. She's, got she's some covered. Honor. A little, yeah. Chief's like, "What happened to you? Oh, I was. 
it's so slippery you know i slid down the hall i slid between from this classroom to that classroom or something like that she's yeah from the from uh, yeah i mean from english class down to science class her hair's kind of in a disarray like a rat's yeah, nest and yeah. she's like from uh, it's like she's stepping closer to the chief you know with her chest puffed out like she's hitting on him or something yeah, yeah. i think she's like this is when i'm starting for my first time watching i'm like oh <laughs> fucking rad marcia brady's a killer <laughs> i did not understand though like the writer like i mean go back to the original writer of return to horror high not nothing like the real actual writer oh the real life writer there's four of them yeah and how they expressed their within a screenplay their different phases of the character played by maureen mccormick Officer Taylor? Is that what you said it was? Tyler. Yeah. Officer Tyler. Like, because she, she, I mean, she is a character to watch grow if yeah. you watch this movie, friends. There there are four writing credits on this movie. Bill Fralick, who's also the director, Mark Listen, uh, Dana Escalante, and Greg H. Sims. Those are, uh, all four of them are listed as, as writing credits on this. So it was a very complicated script. Needed four people to write it. Uh <laughs> Almost just choked. Sorry to make, almost made Nick spit his beer out. Uh, <laughs> this film was so complicated. Yep. Maybe because there was four people writing. <laughs> I see. You write yours, I'll write mine, mm-hmm. and we'll all meet back here. Yeah, we'll just. Uh, but make sure Maureen McCormick shows her tits, and she probably. Oh, she never did. She never did. No. She showed bra. Yeah, you could. But see uh, you know, I guess as someone with my age, it's like, would you think that Maureen McCormick? would graduate to that after playing a sweet innocent Marsha Brady and this this is called slash you not Marsha Brady you so I'll, I'll keep uh, going on but I, I did want to kind of fall back to yeah. where we're meeting the principal yep um, principal, principal Castleman yes uh, we really get to kind to uh, meet our main actress who is Callie yep uh, she uh, is a, her name is Callie on the set Callie the- Cassidy Kelly Cassidy on the set of the movie. She plays a few different characters within the movie, which we'll jump to, but she is trying to talk to the principal to find out about these students, to try to find her character, to try to find her motivation. Just, right, get some little inspiration. Yes. Yeah, so interviewing him, like, you were, you know, you were here when all this went down. What yes. Do you, what do you remember? And and he's kind of talking. He's always going for flies and yeah. smacking him. Like, all of a sudden, every time they show the principal, and he's, fuck, you know. He's like, like Mr. Miyagi. He's catching <laughs> flies out of the air. <laughs> what the fuck? Just not with chopsticks. Just yeah, that barehanding. Was... Hey, this was flies. made after Karate Kid. There might be oh. something there. Oh. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, motherfucker. <laughs> um, so, but then I think the, the, this scene is important because we have to meet uh, Rick. Is that his name? The special effects? Robbie. Robbie, thank you. Makeup. God, I, I really I got him it. down as makeup and fake parts and props. Special effects. Yeah. So they, we have is. to introduce him because, you know, he's trying to show her the classrooms. The principal's trying to show her the classrooms and really trying to get into the imagination of what's happening. She opens a closet door. There's a head there. Ah! And it starts pussing and blood. Jump and scare, yeah. Jump scare. And then that's when we meet Robbie to really get his character and go like, hey, you know, look at what I did. But one thing that's important about Robbie is that he can build exploding tits. Um, that is very important. It know? is. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because it's... I think it's something that uh, that the Pentagon needs to know about. <laughs> exploding tits. Exploding tits. That's <laughs> Hello, Milwaukee. We are exploding tits, and we're going to hit a right. That's the name I of our next them. band. Yeah, they opened at Summerfest. They, but they, they exploding tits because Harry's trying to figure out the producer's like, He's looking at this girl's boobs, and he's like, are those yours? And she says, no. 
mm-hmm. but they look very real to me. Mm-hmm. So he pulls it off, and it's a fake boob. He throws it away, and you know it's, it explodes. Oh, it explodes. Yeah. I was like, when would you need an exploding tit in this movie? Like, if if, if Return to War High, where was the you know where was the exploding boob? When the original killings happened, yes, they're basing this time. Yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of cues need a lot of A's. All right, but I did want to uh, rhyme back that because I think it was just a gag, man. I think they just. <laughs> I guess. I mean, but that's a great question. All right, we're here to shoot a movie about some killings that happened at this high school years ago. Uh, apparently, somebody died when their tits exploded, <laughs> and so we're gonna need the prop guy to make some prosthetic exploding breasts. It's, You're right. It it's, makes no sense. It's part of the film. It's got to be in the movie. This is this is Oscar worthy. No, but uh, so we're 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 then we're gonna jump to what we think is what I'm assuming is dropping back to the 1982 uh, scenes or or the story. Mm. But that's where we meet uh, Richard Harley or Richard Farley. Yeah, the quarterback. The quarterback. Richard he's a Farley. jerk. He's that typical hey bro. Like yep. he's trying to get a little. You yep. know, we get a little nipple shot of him like lifting up his. Girl's shirt, she's flirty, she's a cheerleader, yeah. and then they lift her up, and then choo-choo, choo-choo. comes One in and goes, hey, are you wearing any panties? <laughs> I think her name's Sherry. Sherry, yeah. and so, and then Richard, that's that's his girlfriend, so he's like, back off. His choo-choo is like, this. that girl's nothing, man, what are you doing? That's an easy girl, you gotta go for this one. Which She's we, Mount Olympus. Mount Olympus, which you you know you can't get to the top, because no one has. Mm-hmm. And it's, we know it's our actress, Callie Cassidy, playing Sarah Walker. Yeah. And so... So you realize this is a scene uh, in the movie that they're shooting. Yeah. That's yeah, but when it's, you realize this is... Okay. I, yeah. I, again, this is my second time watching it. That's when I realized. But the first time, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? A lot yeah. of Qs, need a lot of As. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's really trying to get her to go out with him, and she's yep. like nonchalant. She doesn't give a fuck. She's like, you right. know, I don't need you. And he's like, well, here's a free pass to the game. I'm the quarterback. Right. Not a lot of people get these. Yeah. And she's like, don't it's need a stereotype. It. He's yeah. a stereotype. He's a perfect he's a jock. jock stereotype. He's like, I am, I am everything. I'm awesome. You should like me simply because I exist. Yes, and <laughs> that's perfect. We always talk about stereotypes within slash you, but it oh, doesn't have to be here. It's this movie's got. At least that the jock stereotype. Oh yeah, because he he's aggressive. Mm-hmm. He is very uh, rude. He follow when she just, when she turns away the free gift pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, she walks into the girls' locker room where he follows her. Yeah, it doesn't even bat an eye. He doesn't even right bat in. an eye, and all the girls are like, ah. But we, you know, again, it's the '80s and it's a slasher movie, so get some boobs. Some of them don't seem to mind. Some of them don't that, mind. Some do. He's in there. Some do. And uh, again, he's trying to. He's a, he's aggressive. He picks up one of the Becky, Becky, one of the naked girls in the locker room. Yes, and he says to Kate, uh, to uh, Carrie, uh, Callie. Jeez, oh man, he says you got to go out with me tonight, or I'm taking Becky out in the hallway, naked, naked. Yeah, I'm gonna that's... take her outside naked. And Becky, of course, is like, you know, do something, please help me. So she, of course, <laughs> agrees. Fine, I'll go out with you. Yeah, because Becky would be thrown out in the a public school hallway naked. naked. What a fucking dick move. Yeah, he's a real douchebag. And uh, This guy, if we were watching Madman, he would be Richie. The douchebagginess further enforced by the next scene where he's there at like Lookout Point or whatever in his yes. car with him and uh, Sarah. Yeah, played by Callie. But Callie. Yeah, Callie, but played by uh, Sarah. She's yeah, a... where uh, he's obviously parking to try to put the moves on her. Lookout Point. Yeah, there's, it's the stereotypical let's Look go, up, yeah, let's let's go, go park, park here because we're gonna make out yeah. in in the car and then some and because he sp- just don't don't forget this Andy yeah 
he deserves a good little booby because he spent seventeen fifty, right. not including tip. He explains, I just paid seventeen fifty plus tip on dinner. You owe me something. And she's like, not having it. It's getting late. I should go home. Yeah. You know. Uh, and he's like, you know, I lost it up here, his virginity. And she's like, thank you for sharing. That's great. Take me home. And he just starts really coming on strong. We, uh, what I'm, I'm, I don't like date rape. I don't like rape scenes. I don't like date rape scenes. Like yeah. even that Jodie Foster movie where she's in the back game room. Right. I forget the name of it. I'm sure. Disclaimer, which we shouldn't have to do. Neither of us are fans of rape. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's, no joke. Like, I mean, it's, I know that it's being, but it's just, yeah. it, cause, but that's what I like about it. Cause in this film, we really get to see the actress, Sarah, so they cut. That's we, what happens. They cut just before. He rips open her blouse, and you see her bra. And then Steve Harry, Rocco, the, Harry, Harry the producers, his hand comes around from behind and grabs her boob. And he's like, "Is she? Is, are her tits showing? You got to show tits. And she, <laughs> That's when she gets She's like, cut. She gets mad. They cut the scene. And you realize, oh, they're shooting a scene. They're shooting a scene. He's so, not actually going to rape her. Yes, it's a scene so that they're may... shooting. And then she has her commentary. Her commentary about exploiting women. Yep. These films, why do these films always have to exploit women? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, again, Harry's yelling. It's because it's got to sell tickets. Yep. And the actor who's playing uh, Philip McKeon, who's playing Harry Farley, or sorry, Richard Farley, uh, was like, well, I had a good time filming it. And she's like, yeah, would you like to go around with your schlong hanging out or your slort? For you, it'd be a slort. For you, would be a slort. <laughs> Small penis joke. And but then, she has a point. You know? Yes, because... Oh, all the women can be topless, but the men... Men can't be. And then, like, why can't? who wants to see rape? Why can't you just discuss it? Right. Why do you have to show it? Right. And that's when Harry yells, it sells tickets. Yeah, obviously a fantastic point and even holds up today. We don't need to see that stuff in the no, movie. No, I mean, I guess if it's... I mean, like, that Jodie Foster scene, and again, I'm... Different movie, obviously. Different movie, yeah. not part of our Slash You ensemble, but, uh, like, I saw... And it's just... It's just disturbing, but, I mean, it, that... It's never funny, but it, it was it was an integral part of the film, so... Well, Cal, that, I felt that Callie Cassidy had an important uh, point that she made in this part, where she says, everything we do and show on screen plants a seed... That's a good point. ...in people's minds... You know, so that's why she didn't think it was important. She's a good character to show this rape yes. happening. Everything we do shows it obviously has an effect on our audience. And Harry, the pig that he is, you know, just says, "Hey, if they keep seeing them, I'll keep making them." Yeah, and it's he wants to rewrite the sentiment. He wants to rewrite this whole thing, and 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 it's funny because he's like, "Okay, if she doesn't want to do it, let's just do a sentimental scene with two girls opening about their life, about having babies." And they're like, "What having babies?" And they're just talking. Yeah, whatever. So they're like, okay, and he's like, but make sure they're naked and you film it in a shower. It's yeah. like, <laughs> he's just, ugh, what the hell? So, and, and that's where, you know, just rewinding a little bit, I like Callie because she does stand up in 1987 making this film, and, and even the director of this, of this not the on the set director, mm-hmm. the real, real, real actual director of Return to Horror High wanted to kind of buff out these exploitation. Bill Freilich. Yeah. Bill Freilich wanted to really call out uh, exploitation of women in these slasher mm-hmm. films, the ability to uh, try to make a film on such a low budget, which is brought out a lot in these films. Mm-hmm. So uh, really good points there. And now we kind of dive into some more kills. And that's where I wrote, Andy, do we really have kill counts in this? Mm, this is well, even a hard one to do yeah, to kill is. count about. There was one other thing I uh, thought was a cool foreshadowing. Foreshadowing! Uh, at one point, our lead guy, Stephen Blake, is... Uh, walking around the school with 
with uh, Callie. Callie. And he takes her to his old locker. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, they're shooting this little movie in the high school that he went to and he opens his locker and shows her in the back where it's carved uh, Steve plus Kathy with a heart around it. And she thinks, you know, that's all cute, even with the Cupid's arrow through it. And he says, wait a minute, I didn't draw an arrow. And he takes his lighter and kind of looks at it closely. And there's an arrow through the heart, through his name. Is it Steven? Yes. Steven plus Kathy. Well, Kathy was his girlfriend. Kathy was his girlfriend back in high school. He wasn't a cop. School. He was a... He was a student. Student. Yeah. It was... <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's an arrow that's been drawn through his name on that heart, and he points out, like, that wasn't there. You know, this this wasn't... It wasn't even there yesterday. This is fresh. So you're like... That's when she starts saying, maybe there... Maybe there's an actual killer around. They decide here. the killer is back. How? Yeah. How do they decide this? I fucking no idea how. Maybe they just... the killer's back right now while we're here shooting. You remember? They never found him. They never found him. So she just jumps right to that conclusion. Maybe he's back. You know, people keep miss going missing off the set. Yes. Right? And we people... flash forward to the writer telling this whole story to the cops, and he was just like, "That's the way it was. People would drop out. People would leave. They quit." We have figured they just walked off the set. We didn't realize anyone was missing. You know, that, a, that was of course. Right? I mean, they 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 because they didn't know because we're still like kind of learning about. They, they want to start asking about some production assistants, some grips that went missing. Yep. We get to uh, really, the, I guess I don't know his character name, but he's like a typical jerk. He's he's a grip and he's like carrying in some equipment. Yep. That that you you know like lights and boom mics and stands and he walks in like yo Robbie you and he man. Yep. And then, uh, then he notices a bolt that magically starts moving, like a big bolt that part of a film scene or crew right. setup, whatever. Right. And it's this big bolt, and he's like, "Whoa!" Because it starts moving. I it's was. Like I didn't understand that. It was like yeah. on a string or magnets or something. Yeah. Was thing... the killer trying to? Get... I was like, "Is David yeah. Blaine in this fucking movie? How this old would he, you know?" Weird big bolt that moves, moves to moves across the floor to a sand pit, a yeah. sand fucking box, if you will. They're like in a shop. Yeah, where you store or locker area or, yeah, well, of the school. I think because the school's abandoned, I think that's where they're storing all their gear. Like okay. they're putting all the lights and shit. Sure, sure. Because this is where he's kind of looking in for his buddy Robbie, and he's like, "Yo, you in here? I need some help with this shit." Yeah. Because he's got like a jean jacket on, this coat off with a white t-shirt. Right. But so he looks down. the The bolt goes down this magical sandbox. It's whatever. like a big litter box for cats. Yeah, it looks exactly. It I looks guess. like a giant litter box for the cats on scene. <laughs> for the for the for you know. Yeah, and this big bolt disappears under the under the sand. Maybe they did cats at this school back in the day. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to, to to jump into the. Actually, I do. This pit really pissed me off in this movie. But we'll. So jump this dude into reaches in and he gets pulled in. He gets pulled in and blood shoots out. So, yeah. this one, uh, Richard Farley. Yeah, Philip McKean. Richard Farley comes in next, and he. This is another great kill. Yep. We kind of get to the idea where he's looking for you know hey i thought i just heard you in here he notices the blood hears the squeaky sound gets hung up by his feet yeah he steps into some sort of yeah right uh, a trap a loop on the floor that strings him up by his feet so he's hanging upside down right and then some other string comes down and he comes grabs down, it and he grabs it and pulls it and it starts the and industrial it, fan. it starts this big industrial fan that's against the <laughs> wall it almost looks like a big uh, airplane propeller engine propeller it starts spinning and moving towards him, 
and he's hung upside down. There's nothing he can do. Yeah. And it's coming right at him, and you're like, well, this guy's a fucking goner. And, but, and, and, and he, of course, yeah. what we assume does die. Um, right. Another dude approaches Harry and says, hey, man, um, I'm looking, really want to thank you for letting me be a part of this film. I guess he's an extra. And Harry's like, yeah, whatever. Fuck off. <laughs> so, the you know, and Harry keeps walking, so the actor just kind of continues to walk past the door. He gets pulled in, yeah. and we assume that he dies because Harry left him to talk to Arthur the Rider and says, listen, we need to beef this shit up. We need blood. We need tits. Right. Fuck Josh, the director, trying to get all artistic on our shit. Right, So Arthur's making some notes. Making some notes, and that is my dick Dick kill shot of the week. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. In the background, while Arthur's making his notes, you can see this classroom door. You see a window, like, see an axe raise up. And come down, and then you see, you see a head, just a head start twirling, pop up. Twirl. I did film it, and I will put this on our social, social media. media channel. Make sure you do. That's uh, that's a, my. I just loved it. And, and here's my dick kill shot of the week, Andy, is because I just thought it was hilarious. Because you really like when I was watching the first time, I'm like, oh, cool, he's just making notes. But then I see the axe, I'm like, wait, <laughs> and then the head just fucking twirls. You just see this decapitated head. It's like very. It's it's a fun dick cu- dick shot kill of the week. The week. There's also a a really cool gag bathroom stall gag that I thought was very funny. Josh, the director, I think they were all smoking weed in a bathroom. Uh, they're in a bathroom that's just thick with smoke, and Josh comes out of the bathroom stall and he's in there with his assistant director Freddie, and he's talking to him about you know, listen, here's what we got to do, and then a whole bunch of other guys. <laughs> it's like start filing while 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 Josh is there talking to Freddie next to the sink a whole bunch of other guys start filing out of the bathroom stall a stall one stall a bathroom stall they're like 20 people walk out i have the same Including thing this really fat like, <laughs> like the fat uh, grip He's, yeah grip uh, yeah. cameraman yeah um well, they yeah, were whatever. all in the stall and it's like something out of naked gun it right. is, yes. It, While Josh is talking, just person after person after person comes filing out of this bathroom stall. Because they do, he does. Josh comes out of the 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 stall and he waves around smoke, yeah. and it does look smoky. So that's just, that's what I wrote too. I wrote, yeah, they were token it up a little. I bit. wrote Andy, are they getting high in the bathroom? And how many yes. people are in that stall? Yep. And uh, that's when we kind of find out they start talking about the people that we just mentioned that were killed. Where's yeah. the production people go? Where'd the grip go? Who the right. hell is dying? And everyone's, the director's just like, well, we don't pay them. And Harry doesn't give them the checks on time, so they leave. So that's where I really wanted to bring up the point where, where Arthur is talking to the cops. Because this is when they really do jump into spoofing these movies in real life. Okay. Um the cops looking at Arthur. You didn't hear the screams, and Arthur's like, "Screams to me, they could be practicing their lines." Right. The cops like, "Well, what about all the blood?" He's like, "When cowboys, when they film a cowboy western, there's dust everywhere. Yep. The second day on set, everything I own is covered in blood." And because then, yeah, in one of these movies, yes, blood gets bloods everywhere. everywhere. And then you know, he's like, "And when when someone leaves, another person just picks up. We don't have a budget. We'll hire one actress." to play three roles and give her three different wigs and that is exactly what Callie did the actress who played Callie played Callie played Sarah Walker and then played Susan so it was mm-hmm. I thought that was again a a nod uh, to real life to real life about that's what they're going at so yeah. I really thought that was funny <laughs> and again I'm sitting there going like you know because they're, they're going back and then this is Marsha's really bloody and really looking gnarly and she's eating a chili dog like I think she's about to uh, that was a weird part because she's talking to the chief detective or chief chief uh, Daner diner about we you know we found another body and his intestines and the she said well you I mean we found his intestines and you know 
it contained the last thing he ate and that stuff. She's basically getting at his intestines have a bunch of shit in them while she's eating a chili dog. Where in the fuck did she get a chili dog on a murder scene? <laughs> I don't understand. Again, we're we're talking about movies made between 1970 and 1980 that are camping and forgotten. There's a reason I guess they're forgotten. Yeah. Where in the fuck do you get a chili dog on a murder scene and the cops like, and she's just like, she's fucking making love to that chili she's dog. She's mowing into it. She, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is so good. Oh, fuck. She drips a little bit on his shoulder. Yeah. You're right. I don't know. You, the thing, though, Nick, I was just enjoying it for what it is. I didn't oh, even, of course. I didn't even question where she got the chili dog until right this minute. Uh, <laughs> well, that's why we have each other, Andy. Yeah, who, who knows? Um, that's when we get to our our biology scene. Yeah, this was a scene that they were shooting about the killings. So this is a scene that's part of their movie? This is. I, I don't know. This is when, Andy, I... My, I or is I, this... I don't know. Okay, well. It's, is, is it real or is it fake? <laughs> Here's why I think it's fake. Okay. Because they stop it in the middle. The Now Stephen Blake is playing his character and he's like, I want to ask you some questions. And then he looks at the director and goes, stop, this isn't how it was. Yeah, Birnbaum so, didn't know anything. Mr. Yeah, Birnbaum, the, the teacher. The biology teacher didn't. He, so they continue to film. But we'll get back into the, the biology scene opens up with a teacher. Yeah, uh, Mr. Who, Birnbaum. Mr. Birnbaum. Uh, he is uh, kind of making fun of a slacky nerd student who's mm-hmm. falling asleep mm-hmm. named Donnie. Mm-hmm. And he just gives it to him. Like, he's really playing Donnie out in front of all the whole class. Then Susan walks in. Played by our, Callie. Played by Callie, who yeah. played Sarah Walker. Now she she's has playing. She has another wig on. She has, she has another yeah. wig on, and she plays Susan, a little southern accent. And so, again, this is like where the line is blurred. What the fuck's going on in this movie? But uh, yeah. we know that right away the teacher wants to get in dim pants because he's looking at her boobies. He's a perv. He's yeah. definitely a perv. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so he's. She wants to get away because she can tell so she gets a seat and she takes it right next to Donnie mm-hmm. and Donnie is a soulful creature because <laughs> as they realize they're about to make a, a dissection of a frog named Freddy yeah the teacher wants to exploit Donnie again and say well Donnie you, you're on it do it and he's like I can't it's I a simple yeah they're innocent creatures this is a true story real quick going back to my junior year in high school in biology Ooh, um okay. i did not i stole two my two mouse two mice mm-hmm. i stole them i took mine and my partners and i took them home they lived for two and a half years even after i went to college my mom still c- took care of them they were called frick and frack because i was supposed to dissect them wow so i stole them put them in my backpack ran them out to my car it wasn't cold or cold or hot so and then i went home my mom bought him a new cage like my mom was down with it so i understand dissection i I, i'm donnie i'm a soulful creature true story by the way all the animals we dissected were already dead well no this the bars were alive and i just i couldn't take it so uh this one the teacher's picking on donnie picking on donnie and making him uh you gotta do it you gotta cut open this frog pull out his heart yes and you know he just wasn't stoked for it so um right our actress playing susan Susan says, well, I'll do it. He's like, absolutely not. The bell rings. He's saying, you need some extra help. She's like, I'm smart. That's the, the teacher. Right, that's right. Mr. Birnbaum. Mr. is saying, you need some extra help. She's like, I'm a smart student. I'm going to catch up. He's like, no, you won't. You need that extra help, girl. You better come back here And then all of a sudden, another girl comes in with big bubies and blonde hair, kind of looking like Madonna. And she's well, like, gothic, yeah, gothic Madonna. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Gothic Madonna, another great band name. Yeah, right. Uh, they were at Summerfest last year. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Summerfest is a big festival here in Milwaukee, friends. Everybody knows what Summerfest is. Some might not if you're listening in Ireland. That's true. And uh, yeah, um, she's like Mr. Birnbaum, you know. Why yeah. why am I, why is my greatest C now when it used to be an A? And he's yeah. like, well, because maybe you're not giving it up anymore. It's basically it. She's not giving him what he wants or whatever. He, she's failed at, I don't know, He he's lost interest in her and therefore her grade has suffered. But she says to Susan, played by Callie, he finishes fast. You better just, you know, just basically just suck it up and just do what he says because he finishes quick and you'll get a good grade. Yes, so <laughs> they we assume, but then Susan runs off because the warning bell comes on. and get to class, yeah. Yeah, we get to class. So fast forward to squeaky wheels, Mr. Birnbaum. Birnbaum is in his, I guess, office downstairs and he's getting ready because he's like, he thinks he hears Susan. He goes, oh, Susan, I'm so glad you came. Yeah. And uh, he walks out, takes off his lab coat, and puts on his jacket, looking all sexy, eyebrows and shit. And uh, what we realize is that he is not going to make it. No. He, he is thrown on a table. Yeah, he gets hit from behind, knocked out, and next thing you know, he's strapped to a table. And what we know is going to be literally dissected. Yep. And I kind of did another intro uh, to some music. Uh, Andy, I hope you like it. But this is a couple seconds of the music that was playing, the heavy metal music that was oh, playing sure. as uh, he was getting dissected. You'll probably hear him scream in this as the nail growth goes through his hand. Sure. Screams like a little bitch. <laughs> so the killer uh, in this scene dissects Mr. Birnbaum, and we cut, we cut away from it, and we cut to Callie. No, you can't forget what the oh. final scene was. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Come you finish, on. finish it off. I don't want to. <laughs> well, the final scene of the dissection is he cuts, he, he takes his bloody finger, goes to a human, uh, like a skeleton, and puts an X on the heart. Goes back, scalps up Mr. Mr. Birnbaum's heart. Mr. Birnbaum, and stuffs it in his mouth. Yeah. So that's the final scene. Yeah, and we cut to Callie, who is in uh, one of the uh, classrooms with uh, Stephen Blake. Because, by the way, while the film crew's filming, they're sleeping there at the high school. Um, and she's saying to Stephen Blake, like, that's terrible. Is that actually how he died? Yes. So you're led to believe that that whole prior scene was a story that Stephen Blake exactly. was telling to Callie. Where do the lines begin and where do they fucking end, Andy? I don't know, man. We're 47 minutes in and I don't know what's going oh, on. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, this one might go a little uh, quicker, but um, why don't we go ahead and just take a break? This would be a good spot to break because, right. honestly, the rest of the movie is kind of home stretch stuff. And and we have a conclusion, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, but I do have one more uh, piece I want to play. So sure. if we go to a mi- an hour five, we're good. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back after this. Okay. Hey, Welcome back. We're glad to be back. Did we play an ad? Yeah. Do That's what a, it says. All right, yeah. It's very important. Helps us out. Like, subscribe, and review the podcast as well, as yeah. long as you while you're at it. And even if you don't like it, let us know that too. We don't no, care. Don't do that. Even if you say Only, you we want to live in a bubble of positive affirmation. Only tell us if you like us. Namaste, <laughs> motherfuckers. Namaste. Breathe Anybody in. who leaves any hate comments will be berated. But I don't even want to say that. That'll just invite a bunch of hate comments. Troll us. Because <laughs> we will be reviewing probably some movie about a killer troll. Fucking so. troll us. I don't care. I dare you. Um, we dive into... Uh, where are we at? Yeah. We, well, we're back to the principal. And yeah. uh, the actress Callie 
right. um, goes up to the Crippen High School principal. Uh, principal pr- Castleman. Pr- principal Castleman. Castleman. Not spelled the way you'd think. It's Castleman with a K. Castleman with a K. Yeah, it's weird. Castleman with a K. Fun fact. Castleman Fun fact. With a K. As they're talking to the principal, uh, Callie and Stephen, Stephen notices a picture on the principal's desk, and it's Kathy, his ex-girlfriend. Remember the heart? Yes. With the, with the, the arrow through it? Yeah, and he Stephen doesn't... plus Kathy. He lost his virginity to her. He yep. never knew what happened to her the night of prom. So right. he notices that it's on the principal's desk, and he's like, who is that? That's my this Kathy. My, my high school girlfriend, yeah. And the principal's like, that's my daughter. And what? he's like, wait, well, her name was Kathy Johnson, Johnson. not Kathy... Castleman. Castleman. He's like, well, I'm the principal, so she went by Kathy Johnson. He's like, motherfucker, where Didn't is she? Didn't want people to know she was the principal's daughter. Principal says she went to grad school. She went to live with her grandmother mm-hmm. and then went to grad school. Or we assume went to grad school and then yeah. just took off and we don't know where she is. She's, but yeah. that is when your 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 sensors start going, beep, 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 ding, beep. Ding, like, ding, what's ding. going on? So, again, it's it, Arthur, the writer, says it at this point. He's like, yep. I, we find out he was, Arthur, the writer, went to Crippen High School during the murders. That's and he right. Wrote, he wrote this because it was his way of coming home again the uh yeah at this point in the movie callie and steven are trying to find the real killer they think that the real killer's out there offing people and so they're they're trying to figure out who it is and stuff and that arthur makes at the food truck line arthur makes the comment yes i'm writing this as a way of coming home again he and went to the high school so yeah. then we get two moments that make your sensors go up and this was um, like i was i love that line it's my way of coming home again mm-hmm. uh fast forward to my favorite scene yeah. Where we get to see the lovemaking scene between Finally. Stephen Blake and Callie. And you it's, knew these two were going to hook up. Yeah, and you uh, could smell it a mile away. We we did, and the, the they they you know Stephen invites her over because they're trying to figure it out. So it's like let's have a lovemaking scene, and for some reason there's <laughs> he a just wealth- says that right. Yeah. Let's let's have a lovemaking scene. <laughs> it was romantic. God, I should have tried that in high school. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> at night. With a bunch of kids' drawings on the wall and yeah. some welders outside. Like, during this lovemaking scene, it's always goes between them making love, a bunch of welders outside. Well, you th- assume it's like some stagehands. Stagehands welding, wel- welding something. Of scenery and, or something. And so we're bouncing between them in bed, the guys outside welding with these blue sparks uh, shooting all over the place, and shots of like a bulletin board with all these children's drawings yeah what the fuck again a lot of q's a lot of a's but i do love the music during the love making scene i'm gonna play a little blip of that if okay. That's okay it's a good song so some of the love making during uh their love making scene during uh return to horror high Your stereotypical '80s '80s love making scene. So yeah. they wake up after a, they wake up after a, a love making session, and then there comes a dream sequence, Andy, that I think uh, you could dive yeah. into. Callie wakes up. Stephen's not there. She goes to the uh, the door of the room where they're at, and he uh, comes barreling through, and he's like, "They're onto us! They're onto us! Quick, we we got to get out of here! They're onto us!" And she's like, "What? I don't understand." And he runs back to the side of the bed, since he's a cop. He can't find his gun. My gun's missing. My gun's gone. And, and she's like, I don't understand what's, who's coming. What's happening? And he's like, lock the door. And she shuts the door just as we see our masked killer, which is kind of a scream knockoff. It, it, it's like if Michael Myers. Well, I mean, it's like I, I 
I look at it like if they designed this mask, like like oh Michael Myers mask, but they put it, they had to design it like for John Goodman or like a big fat guy. I mean, it's it's sort of a distorted, a distorted white, white face. Michael that, Myers mask. Uh, you know, like take I, the scream mask and squint the eyes down and move the mouth off to the side kind of yeah so yeah, that's that shows up at the window of the the classroom door you remember the old school when we were in school the doors to the classrooms had those tiny little windows yeah i thought that's what this is i honestly thought the dick kill shot was going to be when they yeah. when the killer gets uh steven steven in the dream sequence i thought he was going to pull him through that little right. small window so uh that's what happens they they shut the door and this killer is uh is there at the door and steven comes back you know to the door and he's like holding it shut for this guy so he doesn't break through but busts through the glass and gets steven in a headlock and it picks him up off the ground and i think snaps his neck Mm -hmm. drops him on the floor and callie's like oh my god she keeps calling him blake that's his last name you know so the guy she just banged she's just calling him by his last name you're close enough now well it'd be like if my fiance just called me damos which is my last name but anyway my wife calls me bankhead sometimes interesting very weird so um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the killer starts busting through the door, uh, which is uh, it's a commentary on the weakness of these doors. Back in when I was in school, those were heavy duty doors. But in any in any case, this guy's able to bust through. It's like a hollow core wooden door. Yeah. She's freaking out, takes a chair and breaks the window. She manages to jump out the window just as this killer's sort of trying to get a hold of her, and she lands on the ground, um, gets up and runs to her car, gets in her car, and she starts the car. All of a sudden, Amos, the janitor. I think he's only our, our only black character in this movie. Yes. <laughs> jumps up and he's like, hey. No, the first director. Oh, that's right. The assistant director, Freddie. Amos jumps up from the back seat and he's like, ah, hi. And she's like, oh my God. And, cut. Um, and they yell, cut. And it's Josh and the rest of the crew. Cut. You realize, oh, they're shooting a scene for the movie. But then Amos keeps going. He's like, ha, ha, ha. And he cuts her head off. Decapitates and, Callie. Decapitates Callie and her head flies off and Josh goes, no! Callie! Andy, I, and then she snaps awake back in the back in the bed uh, just, where they just made love. It was a whole, the whole thing was a dream sequence. She snaps awake. Andy, she, I think this She's is, not dead. Steven's not dead. No one's dead. I think no this is a good dead. time for me to say what in the living fuck is happening in this movie? Also, at the, right after that, you know, she kind of op- they open the door to the room they're in, and there's a big trail uh, of blood, blood as if somebody dragged a body. And that's when they decide to follow this trail of blood. He does have his gun with him, and they goes full on cop mode where he's he's walking around every corner, pointing, <laughs> looking around, just leaps into a room. Who's like, here? Ah! Who's here? He's kicking down doors. What's going on? And they get into the bathroom, and there's just blood everywhere. And <clears throat> The one in the bathroom stalls, and she's like, what do you think happened? And he's like, well, somebody dragged the body here, hacked it up, and flushed, flushed it. Flushed it down the toilet. Must have hacked it into some small, small-ass small pieces. pieces. Are down. But that's when we find out that it is the first director. Oh, the Freddy. Black, the black guy, Freddy. Who, yeah. if you want to know what Freddy looks like, uh, if you remember that video, viral video, what, what in the butt? Sure. What, what in the butt? Sure. Uh, I forget his name, but that's what he looks He looks like that. Oh. I, he looks like the, the lead singer of what, what or the, the guy who sang what, what right. in the butt. Google it. Google it. But then we find out that... They, they follow keep, the trail of They blood follow another that. trail, and that's when yeah. we see Josh and Harry's decapitated heads sitting yeah. on a box. They go to the same storage room from earlier that has, like, the kitty litter the box. The kitty litter box, yep. Uh, and, yeah, you see Josh's head, the director, Harry's head, the producer, on this big old box. 
Callie's freaking out. They were my friends. And he's like, they're dead. There's nothing we can do about it now. And Don't call the cops because we'll, yeah. they'll run away. If you call the cops, it'll give this time this guy time to get away. Yeah. Uh, so it's the typical, I'm a cop and there's no time for backup. We got to do this now. So they discovered they, like, <laughs> they, they discovered this pit and, yeah. and they realize that it goes to a, a secret room. But how does the sand stay, how does the sand stay I there? I think there like, was. Like, how does it, like, wouldn't the yeah. sand drain through the so, hole? So it's hard to do this over audio. So the, it, picture a giant sandbox, you know, maybe four by four, full of sand. I think there was cloth underneath holding the sand in, and there must have been some sort of slit or something in the cloth so you could go through. But you're right, all the sand stayed. But he ended up, uh, Stephen ended up poking a hole and ripping it wide open, and all the sand just fell through. And so they, they discover go- a staircase at the basement. A secret room where they just... She did another cool thing, which, like you've been saying, it was a commentary on these movies in general. She's like, we should get a flashlight. Why does everyone always go to a dark basement without a flashlight? <laughs> and he's like, we'll go find one then. <laughs> she finds a flashlight. And two steps down, there's a spider. And she just hauls off on this spider with the flashlight. Oh my god! Smacks it. And then the flashlight's broken. <laughs> <laughs> And she takes two more steps down the stairs. One of the steps breaks. She falls and and knocks into Steven. He drops his gun and and loses his gun and the flashlight in the darkness. And they fall to the bottom of the stairs. And they didn't spend, in my opinion, nearly enough time looking for that gun. (laughs) They just wanted to keep moving because they... Fuck, gun's gone. I guess we'll keep looking. Well, I mean, you know, (laughs) Stephen Blake's a pretty tough guy, I I guess. I mean, his character really develops into a small meat guy, into a pretty much badass by the end of this. But they go into this uh, secret lair, the secret room. Yep. They discover a a poor beaver hung. Like, it takes a special kind of fucked up to hang a beaver. Yeah, or a mouse like a or muskrat. rat. Like yeah, muskrat something. And they're like, ah! Hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. So they find the room that's, uh, I guess, an old classroom that's filled with dead bodies, skeleton yeah. bodies, yeah. you know, that all look like... Kathy... Kathy... Uh, Johnson. J- Johnson. Kathy Castleman. Kathy Castleman. Yeah. They all have uh, the same little crown of flowers. Yeah. Like these uh, purple... I don't know what they were, lilacs or lavender flowers. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Good call. They're all lined up there and there's an empty chair and um amos who comes up behind him amos 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 the janitor and they're like oh my god you know what are you doing here and he's just like i thought i thought you was him coming back you know he's not being that's how that's how he talks that's a stereotype i'm not i'm imitating literally how he talks i thought you was him he was coming back um and they're like did you did you do this and he's like no i didn't do it castleman did it you know and the principal did it and amos um it's just uh, what what did he say? Like I was uh, cleaning up after him or keeping yeah. watch for him. I was gonna, and he but but he says there's an empty sp- spot for you. For you, and he Stephen points to Stephen Blake, Blake, and they start fighting. And they start fighting. And um, Callie, who is totally useless, tries to break it up, and Amos is able to throw her into one of the. She stumbles against one of the skeletons, yes. and she just freaks out. And she doesn't bother getting back up off the floor. Uh, I feel like in the heat of the moment, she would have thrown the skeleton off and gotten back up to help, but she didn't. She was worthless. <laughs> and he, uh, in the scuffle, Stephen Blake ends up discovering that Amos has a mask on. It's a big rubber mask, and it's not Amos. It's, it's Principal Castleman. It's Principal Castleman. <laughs> Pulls this rubber mask off. Another Scooby-Doo moment. Just like uh, the first Mission Impossible movie, Tom Cruise, uh, where they got they all have masks on that look incredibly real. <laughs> 
<laughs> this looks like Amos, but yeah. it's... And so, again, it's like, are we about to hear, I wouldn't have got away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling fucking right. kids, but... Uh, so you learn, and, and Stephen uh, utters a line that I thought was really funny. He goes, Castleman, you honky! <laughs> <laughs> like calling one white guy to another white guy saying you that is a good line castleman you honky and um, so the principal is the killer castleman uh, we learn through there's just a real quick dialogue here that that amos wasn't real amos wasn't a real person it's been castleman dressed up as amos the whole time uh trying to pin the kills i think on pin amos. the kills yeah because yeah. he has a squeaky mop bucket and yep. yada yada castleman quickly you know holds callie at knife point ties her up by her hands. Her, yeah, hangs her by her Starts hand. Starts kissing her like in weird ways. Yeah, like he he's, keeps, yeah, like, quick like, smooches. Quick yeah, smooch. like Richard Dawson on the yeah. old Family Feud. Like just yes, like like, like creepy yes. fucking. You're, you're mine, my dear. Yeah, Come on. and then you're mine. Yes. He goes to his dead ass daughter who he wants to marry you know he's like well and, and he starts kissing the dead body of of the skeleton and but that's where we find out that when they went to prom and they did it for the first time Brad and Kathy Kathy Stephen Stephen and Kathy. Yeah, did I, I'm sorry. You said uh, Brad. Brad, sorry. Stephen and Kathy did it for the first time. Their first time doing it, they were virgins, but she got pregnant. Yep. So what we assume is, I thought that the... This was the, dark. The, yeah, I thought the dad... Oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought the dad killed his daughter because she had an abortion, but... No. Uh, yes. Principal Castleman says, basically, you got my daughter pregnant, and she had to perform an abortion on yeah, so herself. So she performed her own abortion, and she died. And she died as a result. Dude, it's too much... This is... Way too dark. I didn't sign up slash you to get all deep on no. this shit, man. So we learn... I yeah. mean, there's rape in this movie? Yeah. And, uh, so we learn... Shit. Principal Castleman blames Stephen Blake for his daughter's death. That's the long and short of it, right? So, yeah, so we know that the principal wants to kill them all, but yeah. to fake out the principal, Stephen Blake... Yeah, he says, I, I'm, he's I'm like, out. fuck, I'm done with this. Monday Night Football's I'm on. I'm leaving. Monday Night Football's on. Later. Steelers Deuces. are playing the Raiders. I'm leaving. And the principal's like, you can't do that. I'm going to kill her. And he's like, kill her. She hates football. <laughs> Callie <laughs> hates gonna football. Kill, I'm going to kill Callie. <laughs> Go ahead. She hates football. And, uh... He he! By doing that, he manipulates the principal, Principal Castleman, into sort of walking away from Callie because he's kind of walking after him. Like, no, you can't leave. And he, Principal Castleman actually says to Stevens Blake, like, "You're crazy." <laughs> and Stevens like, Stevens like, "No, I just I'm tired of this. I'm done. I'm going home." Yeah, Principal, this fucking crazy principal goes like, at the second, like, he's like, "No, you really are crazy. You he's really like, are crazy." Like, you're the dude who's killing everybody. <laughs> so uh, Stephen Blake grabs a javelin and throws it and gets the principal right in the right in the sternum. And we flash back to Arthur, who's talking to the cops and says they never got out. Right, because they decide Callie and Stephen said let's get out of here. Yes, and, and yeah, we flash back to the present. Arthur's like they never got out. It was terrible. Um, Again, they're outside where all the bodies are covered up. So. The police chief. The, the dead bodies are all brought outside. They're all covered up with white sheets. Right. Bloody. So at this point, I was wondering, like, if they killed the guy who's been killing everyone, how did the rest of this film crew end up dead? Very logical question. I was like, how did how did everyone die? Uh, and we're hopefully about to find out. The police chief's like, let's storm that room. We got to go downstairs. Show where, us where, where Castleman is. is. Where Castleman is. We got to get into that room. So all the cops Take leave. All the cops. Let's go down into this basement. No room. one stays outside. Every with all the dead bodies, you know. Yeah. Everyone goes inside, and Arthur comes, watches them go inside the uh, high school. Yeah. Arthur, the writer, yells, "All clear!" 
and all of the bodies under the bags get stand up. up. They get up. And they're all laughing. They're all... It's the crew. It's the director. It's the actors. It's, it's the actors. It's Harry, the producer. They've all been faking it. We don't see George Clooney? No, he's not Because I think it's that funny point where he's like, I'm not coming back. He was already offset. He, he, he probably was literally on set for 10 minutes to film his Oliver shit. And then he was like, literally, I got to go. Uh, fucking, they're making a hospital fucking series and I'm going to be the doctor on that. So we... I forgot the name of that goddamn ER. Thing. ER. Yeah, so we think George Clooney literally left this movie. He left Return to Horror High, and that's why he's not in this part. <laughs> so the cops are downstairs, um, the poking princi- around. Yeah, yep. and the principal comes back to life. He pulls the javelin he pulls out of the his javelin out of his body, and he uh, proceeds to like try to charge the cops he's like yeah and he comes running at the cops and they all blow his ass away they shoot him with their guns and he pauses for a second he takes a couple shots in the torso and then he he recovers and then he starts charging them again and they just fire at him more they and that's my dick shot kill of the week dick shot kill of the week <laughs> they, they just i don't know ak's and pistols and um maureen mccormick's character officer tyler says that was a nice clean kill yeah. Oh, I forgot that was one of my favorite lines too. Like, uh, like when after S- Stephen Blake throws the, the javelin, javelin through, he's class dismissed. It was like yep. one of those like Steven Seagal lines. So that I was pretty know. cool. Class dismissed. So uh, the whole cast and crew of the movie gets up from out of their body bags, including uh, Stephen Blake and Callie. They yep. were both under sheets. You know, they all you know they're kind of patting uh, Robbie, the makeup and uh, fake part prop guy, patting him on the back. They load all their shit up. They get in their cars. Robbie gets in his van. He looks in the rearview mirror and he just goes. Next time for real. Yeah, Robbie, the special effects guy, because he's yeah. putting on gloves. He he's putting on, on the killer's gloves. Yellow killer's gloves. He says, next time for real. Next time for real. Drives away. Yeah. Um, Harry and the director, Josh, share a moment where I Harry, can't believe you did this. Like, yeah. it, it worked out. Yeah, Harry's just like, the, they're going to they're gonna think we all died, and the, but the film lives on. It'll make all the papers. We're going to sell all kinds of tickets. And they drive away. <laughs> and the cops come back outside. All the bodies are gone. The cop, the the chief is like some sick, some sicko must have carted them away. I should have taken that job at the New York City Police Department. <laughs> <laughs> That's what and, he says. And Marsha Brady's kind of back into her character in the first phase of like she's she's not as like she's creepy. more professional. Yeah, more professional. And uh, again, she's my favorite character yeah. in this movie, and probably she would, as of this point, would get my slash you uh, award for best performance. She's like, him. what do we do? How do we fill out the report? There's no paperwork for this. For this, yeah. And he's so, just like we're. We're going to have to dumb it, you know, fake it or something. I don't know. So we fast forward to Arthur sitting down at a typewriter. And he kind of looks like Principal Castleman. And that's when he we does. find out that he is the son of Principal Castleman. Arthur Lyman Castleman. Arthur Lyman Castleman is the son of the principal who is the killer. Yep. And he is, I guess, the brother of Kathy. And right. so he gets behind a typewriter and he's like... For those Let's... of you who don't know, just want to cut you off, a typewriter is like a computer... Without oh. the screen. And they use an ink ribbon. And there's a ribbon of ink. And it goes like this. So yeah. so that yeah. is a typewriter. So, 
That's what a typewriter is. You can is. Google that if you'd like. Yeah, also, Google, yeah, Google, Google image search typewriter. Google typewriter. I'm not even being funny. That and is probably so something people need to do. We discovered <laughs> we discovered that Arthur is now going, he's dressed like his dad. Yeah. He does the fly, the, uh, a fly goes by, and he, like his dad, he grabs the fly it. and slaps it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, they always do sequels, and I'll be waiting. So he starts typing, return to horror high. Yep. And he's like, no rewrites next time. We hear a squeaky, squeak, 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 squeaky mop bucket. And some blood drips. Blood drips on the script. Yeah, on the pages, yeah. And, and he looks uh, up as a shadow sort of comes over him and he goes, Dad? Dad. <laughs> he gets excited. And <sighs> roll credits. Roll credits. Andy, <laughs> no kill count because everyone's alive. Yeah, uh, man. The principal doesn't die. No one dies in this movie, technically, right? I mean, we don't go back right. to George Clooney, but we assume that he's like all the other actors. and So they just pulled the a big hoax. On everyone, they went there to film this, to film this uh, movie, yes. and, and no one actually died. Uh, even if P- Principal Castleman was an actual murderer, apparently he didn't murder anybody, and he himself never actually died, despite being blown away by the cops and a javelin through the chest because he walked up on Arthur at the end and Dad. Well, at the end of the credits, if you watch the credits roll, yeah. we hear another mop bucket like at you the do. very end, and so you and so it's like, oh, is there going to be a fucking Return to Horror High too, or <laughs> or another Return to Horror High? You know, yeah. thank God there wasn't. But um, this was yeah. uh, this was a good one. This makes Blood Diner Oscar worthy. No, I'm just kidding. This was a fun movie. It was definitely more of the callback that we've seen. We saw some callback in um, Slumber. Not Slumber Party Massacre. Sorority House Massacre. Sorority House, yeah. Saw, uh, not as much as this one, but we saw some callback. But, um, again, roll credits. I and, really had a fun time with this one. So. I did, too. And, again, the film debut for George Clooney. Yep. Uh, Philip McKeon, again, who played, uh, who was, his biggest role was playing uh, Alice's son on the movie, on the te- television show Alice, Mel's Diner. Remember Flo? Chris, kiss my grits. Like, some of that kind of fun stuff. Yep. Um this is a movie that grossed 130000 in the first week. Dang. I read that it took a million dollars to make, but really only profited a little over $200,000. So this was, another, this was a little more higher budget than the other ones we've, we've looked at so far. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, a soundtrack that you can't find. Pretty. Uh, Greet the Teacher that yeah. I played, uh, performed by Pleasant Company. Uh, what was the romantic song that I really enjoyed? Oh, that... the lovemaking thing? <laughs> oh, Man For Me. That was yep. performed by Wendy Fraser. Uh, if you know Wendy Fraser, she was one of Madonna's backup singers. Mm. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but some great music. Yep. Only three songs on the soundtrack, but I know that we have to discuss what we are watching next week um i wanted to share a fun oh sorry in case you do go if you do i try i i thought this was a sequel right return mm-hmm. to horror high so i went ahead and searched horror high and that actually is a movie yes 1973 has nothing to do with this movie this says this is uh, all solo in, baby in in horror high from 1973 a nerdy high school super whiz experiments with a chemical which will transform his guinea pig mr mumps from a gentle pet into a ravenous monster in a fit of rage against his tormentors at the high school, Vernon Potts goes on a killing spree, eliminating all of those who ever picked on him, the gym coach, the school jock, the creepy janitor, and his hated teacher, Ms. Grinstaff. In the end, he gets the jock's girlfriend for himself, but his happiness is short-lived as the potion turns him into a monster hunted by the town's lame police lieutenant, Bozeman. Uh, 1973 is a little 
before our well, we could, timeline. We should go back and maybe explore that because uh, yeah. what a cute name, Mr. Mumps. Well, and I thought that... My Mumps. My Mumps. My, my lovely lady Mumps. mumps. The, uh, <laughs> that's Horror High. Nothing to do with this movie. No, no. This is a standalone, no sequel, no right. nothing after this. But uh, we are running a little long oh, on this yeah. one, but we had fun. Deal with it. So, yeah, just... If you don't um, like it, then go listen to a true crime podcast. We are going to tell you what we are going to watch next week. Yep, prom night. Prom next night. night. 1980. 93 minutes. In this slasher essential, a masked killer stalks four teenagers at their high school's senior prom. We're going to be watching that, and we will be posting that on our social media sites. Let's do it. Starring, and let's... starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Well, I should have saved that. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm just kidding. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's free with ads yeah or you can pay a dollar 99 to rent it i'll watch it free with ads come on now yeah ads ads help you uh get up and get another beer mm-hmm. yeah so uh prom night watch it uh go ahead and uh visit us at facebook.com slash slash you podcast on instagram we are slash you underscore podcast, podcast. thank yep. you yep i'm nick i'm andy <laughs> Please uh, tell your friends about Slash You. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week for yeah. prom night. We are so stoked. Um, I am and I mean I'm 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 fucking. Who Nick. are we? I'm fucking Andy. I'm fucking Nick, and I and he's fucking Andy, and uh, we can't wait to see you next week. Give them tits and blood. Tits and blood. <laughs> you like that sign? I do like that sign. <laughs> <laughs>